Facts do not have opinions. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Self-love is really about self-respect. Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of Real Everything. I'm here each week to dive deeper into how we can find happiness and health inside and out through self-love, body positivity, and discovering new ways to be our best selves. Before we get started, a reminder, this podcast is for general educational purposes and is not intended to diagnose, advise, or treat any physical or mental illness. And we always recommend that you see a licensed health professional accordingly. This week, we are revisiting one of our popular shows where we did a deep dive on the science of CBD, whether it's snake oil, whether it's a panacea, or somewhere in between. And at the time, we shared a lot of information, and there was some science, but not a lot and not conclusive. So today, I am sharing quite a few scientific updates since our last show. And I'm excited to introduce you to an expert in everything cannabis oil, Inessa from Nessa's Hemp. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here today. We sat down for a couple conversations. One of them, I want to share some of the highlights with you listeners, because I do think that it's helpful to understand the difference between a lot of the greenwashing terms of all kinds of health items, especially because CBD falls under supplements and there's a lack of regulation. So I am excited to introduce you to Anessa and to hear some of the things that she's learned that hopefully will help you and be as interesting as they were for me. Love to share the story and for people to understand why I choose people as priority in my life and their pains and struggles. Since, yeah, I actually started this industry completely by accident, never wanted to be in CBD industry, and I still wish I never had to go and take that path in my life because it is very complicated. It's not easy. It's not just the roses. You're just like a little dolphin swimming with the sharks in a tank and trying to survive every day. So, but yeah, the story started as I, first of all, I, I came from Lithuania in the United States when I was 21. And when I came to this country, I went through a lot of struggles. And because of those critical situations I was going through, learning what life is about, it can be good, it can be bad, it can be all kinds of things, right? I was, my, my health was going completely down the hill. So I was very sick. I was very sick. And I did trust the doctors. So I just, like everybody else, used to go see doctors, go in emergency rooms. But after many years doing the same thing over and over, except increasing more medications and changing to another expert, another doctor, the results never got better. So with that being said, I decided to change my lifestyle. I said, it got to be something outside the pill, outside the medical pharmaceutical pill. So look, change the lifestyle I did. It helps me to improve a little bit. So when you're super, super sick, that little tiny improvement, it's a big deal. You get so excited and that's exactly what happened to me. I got so excited and I simply got hooked on what really was helping me, which is changing nutrition, working out, quitting alcohol completely. Not that I was alcoholic, but just social drinking was affecting me like all of us or majority of us. So that being said, then nature, like a nature itself, planted a seed in my soul because it helped me to get better. I was completely recovered of all my disease just by changing the lifestyle and implementing many little details. So I was looking for purpose in my life and I said, I need to know why the universe put me on this planet, what the role I need to do here, what's my job. So and after praying and asking for over a year, I actually received a phone call that changed my whole life upside down. And that was my mother from Lithuania. And she said that she got diagnosed with cancer, internal cancer, and that she has six months left to live. And she basically wants to spend time with us to say goodbye and to have some great memories. And Stacy, I know it's going to be a very shocking for you to hear, but that was exactly my reaction. I was the happiest person on the planet. 
because I saw the vision of me helping my mom and helping thousands of other people. I did not know exactly how and when and what the details I knew that I had to do, whatever it takes to save my mom. So with that being said, I know there was multiple things used. So you really can't tell which one helped her to be completely cancer-free in four months. But I know for a fact cannabis was helping her because I saw how she was feeling immediately after the use. So that's where I planted a seed again, what the cannabis should look like in the first place. But when I got to the United States and when my mother was actually officially diagnosed, as cancer-free, I'm like, oh, nah. like now I'm excited. There has been even more information that has come out since. And I think what I definitely want to focus on today, and I'm excited we have a guest expert to speak to her experience from this, is the increased consumer awareness, the increased consumer desire for CBD has driven a lot of brands into the market that are not taking consumer health needs as seriously as consumers might want them to. And when we look at the supplement industry, we know it is woefully unregulated. We've talked about that here on the show before. And so we are looking at an an industry that's exploding without much oversight. And with CBD, I want to make sure that we are all adding a supplement to our life that is not adding unnecessary harm, right? If we're adding something to our life, we want to make sure that it is doing the benefit that we want it to do. So we're going to talk more about that today, both why does it work? How does it work? How can we find the products that meet the standards um, that the studies are using, all of these kinds of things. And then also to dive into some of the greenwashing and the research around that. And um, this whole idea of a full spectrum product versus a product that has been highly processed with extractions and those sort of things, which we've also talked in the show. And we know that that has an impact on the health benefits of the original source. So we're going to dive in on this little revisit update to our original CBD show. There are a ton of scientific um, PubMed articles that I'm going to put in the show notes for you that talk about case studies with anxiety and sleep, neurological um, impact, specifically when it's talking about like... um, neuropathy of lower extremities. There was an evaluation of the effects as it relates to chronic pain. And I know that we talked about that before on the um, show from 2020. So there are a ton of research backed information that relates to CBD. The idea that it is working to kind of fill those gaps within our system from the endocannabinoid system that we already have is part of why we see such diversity in positive effects and uses. One of the studies that I found was from 2021, and it was interesting because it called out that in recent years, interest in CBD treatments has outpaced scientific research and regulatory advancement resulting in a confusing landscape of misinformation and unsubstantiated health claims. That is straight out of the paper. Um, And then found that CBD-rich treatment has a beneficial impact on pain, anxiety, and depression symptoms, as well as overall well-being for patients with moderate to severe symptoms. But they didn't observe direct effect on mild symptoms in this study. So I thought it was fascinating that they're calling out the issues as it relates to regulation and misinformation. Hemp plant itself is a soil cleaner. That means it's almost like a magnet for every possible toxin. Every possible from far away is going to suck everything in this one root and of course is going to expose the entire plant. So if you want to grow hemp plant for medicinal purposes, 
you gotta be extra careful because it's almost impossible to grow these plants clean unless you're being extra careful. Cannabis or hemp sucks it super fast. It's a soil cleaner by the nature. One of the things I'm fascinated to think about is this idea of, okay, once we have a clean product, right? Like we're learning that it's difficult to find a product that is going to be supportive enough of our endocannabinoid system to fully um, meet those needs. But let's just say for a minute, okay, we've, we found our product. It's either Nessa's or it's something similar where we know, okay, we're working with a product that's doing the absolute most for the consumer's health benefit. Why is it even working? Why is it doing all the things that we say that it can do to improve health? So some of the research that um, I found, and again, linking to this um, article, the article directly says that the endocannabinoid system um, has to do with proteins and receptors and lipid ligands. I am not a scientist nor a medical professional. But when we think about um, the receptors in our body, the nervous system needs, and this system that is engaged with CBD, kind of filling some of those gaps, it does make for kind of an incredible concept of being able to provide, as this study says, it is responsible for the therapeutic modulation of oxidative stress in various diseases. So it is literally finding where your cells have been damaged from oxidative stress. And that can be, you know, environmental, that can be, you know, stress related. A lot of different things can cause that. Which is where in the study, they talked about how it was originally identified decades ago, that it's interacting with this cannabinoid system that we have to provide a pharmacological therapeutic benefit. And we would not find that benefit if we were using a product that did not maximize those phytonutrients and antioxidant benefits, which is where I think understanding the nature of the CBD plant and how it grows is super important to understand how to maximize the benefits of the one that you're taking. Friends, I'm so excited that Nessa is sponsoring this show and gifting you 25% off on her Beyond Organic CBDA, which is 1,000 times stronger than any other CBD in the market. So if you've tried other CBDs and haven't had good luck, give this one a shot. Go to nesashemp.com for 25% off. Can you talk a little about, I we've shared the science, there's a ton of benefits, but some of the things that you've seen specifically with people who maybe were having like resistant results with things that they were using before, but are now seeing benefits with moving to a CBD that is full spectrum and cleaner from the soil to all the different things that you've talked about. Yes, absolutely. So I think it's great to talk about the positive side of this plant. So the most beautiful thing is that this plant itself, if it's original, healthy, clean plant, it's truly most essential thing to our bodies. Because our bodies produce these cannabinoids itself when we're actually born. But we start losing them as we're getting older, when we're exposed to toxins or stress, oxidative stress. So if you take a healthy, clean product and test it in parts per billion like ours, you can experience almost, I can't promise the world, but I see in the world, almost life-changing results where from almost anything, to be honest with you, people seeing improves their hair growth, definitely improves their gut issues, sleep, anxiety. I don't want to mention the conditions of the disease itself. It helps, but I personally seen it. The mental condition improves 
we got off every single person off the antidepressants, which is anybody who took the bills, especially around me, my housekeeper, anybody close to me that I had a power to stay on the top of them, they all got off the pills. It calms the central nervous system almost immediately. So I tell people all the time, if you for some reason feel like you don't feel the results, maybe you did not grab enough of the product to empower your endocannabinoid system. You might need a little additional drop or even a full dropper, a half of the dropper to trigger that cannabinoid system. Because if you really trigger that endocannabinoid system with a healthy, clean products like ours, you're going to have a life full of smile and you're definitely going to feel like you're more in tuned. Yes, your your health conditions will, will improve. It's truly unlimited. And I would like to explain why the benefits are so powerful. Because when you take these cannabinoids, Keep in mind, our bodies are loaded with endocannabinoid system receptors, CB1 and CB2 receptors. So these receptors waiting for not active, which is Nestle's hemp, exactly what it is, not active cannabinoids to trigger them so they can active. After cannabinoid system will activate not active cannabinoid, which is in the Nestle's hemp bottle, right? So those two plus and minus going to connect together and they're going to trigger a magical effect entourage effect through your entire body. That's why you always want to take also full spectrum because you want to take entourage effect. So some people might have anxiety or, or health issues, such vision issues. I People had concussions or, but what's going to go is going to go through your entire body and it's going to scan everything that's missing there is going to fill the gaps. So that's why people always experiencing different person, different results because each person has a little bit different history of their health condition. So that's the most beautiful thing because I work with people and I help people holistically to overcome all kinds of health conditions. But I see if there's one supplement or one thing I need to stick forever, it would be minerals and it would be Nestle's oil because it truly covers your entire body. I have been taking CBD for years and... Matt actually has a prescription for medical marijuana where he is getting like the full spectrum benefit. And so when we got our Nessas in the mail, I was just going to take it for myself because he has never had any positive effect from any other brand that we've tried. But I said to him, instead of taking your prescription this evening. I want you to try the CBD. It's different than any other we've ever tried. And I'm curious how it affects you. Because um, his anxiety gets really high at night, makes it difficult for him to fall asleep, very common with people with ADHD. Um, and he has like a tolerance built up from his regular prescription, right? So I'm curious how he's going to react. And he told me that that is the first CBD that he's ever used that actually gave some sort of relief. He was like, actually, I did feel more calm. <laughs> he was like, is that is that for real? Did that really happen? Um, and I know for me, I took a much smaller amount and was so calm that I didn't even want to finish listening to my audiobook. I was like, okay, I'm going to bed five minutes later. The science is so strong on how many benefits there are. And I'm excited to have found a product that is so effective and so committed to um, being safe and ideal for consumers. So I wanted for people to experience cannabis power. And I was looking for the highest quality CBD products on the market. I backpacked myself and I jumped on a plane. I rent the car and I start traveling one by one on my roadmap that I had scheduled. And I truly walked physically in each of those facilities. And I said, my name is Anessa. I want to see exactly what you guys do here. Because if I would represent one of those companies out there, I want to really know and to be sure what's in these products. And that's exactly where the investigation journey started. Sadly, 
I discovered very sad things with these industries and I got really confused then I came to the largest organic producer in Colorado that actually serves also Whole Foods and their products were tested because I was also picking the soil sample, sending to university to figure out exactly what's in the soil and also making, grabbing their sample of their product and sending to my third party FDA registered laboratories that I know they're going to have a clean data, give it to me, not some false information. So when I did all this thing, I said, are you guys aware you're loaded with metals? And they say, oh, you're probably testing in parts per billion. Who cares? We're still in parts per million, actually negative in metals. And you're still going to have your USDA logo. I'm like, but like people's bodies are actually functioning in parts per trillion. That means the product needs to be saving clean in parts per trillion because it's going to, it's going to, people can't do that. And. The funny part is they said, don't worry about this. You're still going to have your organic certifications. So this should be safe. So it was more than to this. I don't want to go focus on the negative because it was very sad. What I discovered, dangers of mold, products where labels to be safe are completely unsafe. And the funny part is they truly had the lab results to show me. But when I tested them in my third-party laboratories, the data came out completely different. So, and I said, what's happening here? And they said, business happening here. I said, what happened about all these people are actually in essential and the need to consume this plant as, as, a, as a health supplement, as, as a superfood. And they said, oh, well, there is no regulations. It's Wild West and you're welcome to do whatever you want. And I'm like, that's even worse. So that's what I got really upset. But what I'm focusing on, the nature's original version of the hemp plant, first of all, seeds are re-engineered. So that's GMO seeds. We want to go back to original genetics, which is very important. So that itself is very important. And if you study in a hopefully healthy soil, hemp plant that is very low levels of THCA, there is no CBD. There's only CBDA. THCA, CBGA, CBNA, and all those acidic cannabinoids. All those acidic cannabinoids are exact the way we have in the nature. Those are acidic raw cannabinoids. They, that's why they have this called A on the end from the word acid. So in order to turn this plant into the CBD or THC, you have to use high level temperatures and extractions and solvents and to turn into the second version, which is CBD. And that CBD version is fully patented as a drug for epilepsy for quite a few years now and is about to become controlled substance. While in the meanwhile, CBDA and THCA has never been talked about it. Well, I thank you for sharing all of your in-depth knowledge on this passion of yours. I can tell how much you care and you want to help people. And I just really appreciate the change that you're trying to make in the world for us all to have a, a better place. And I hope that with additional regulation, with additional rules, like people will start to learn more. Brands will start to be accountable more. Laboratory testing will start to be more strictly reviewed and regulated to ensure that is reflective and accurate. I think there's a lot of things about the experiences that you've had that concern a lot of us as consumers. And yet at the same time, we can't just only be worried about our own anxiety because that provides all kinds of negative health benefits and uh, negative health effects in and of itself. And so it's like, Finding this balance of doing the best that you can and just knowing that you can't control other things. And by finding solutions with brands that are willing to grow that extra mile, it makes it that much easier to consumer to relax about the things that you can't control.
Today's podcast is brought to you by ButcherBox, who has all you need for tasty, stress-free holiday season with high-quality protein delivered to your door and a free turkey plus $20 off. We have loved using ButcherBox for years. It is my one-stop solution for saving time and money while supporting sustainability and ethical animal treatment. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or added hormones, 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. That means that the kids are getting the health-promoting benefits like conjugated linoleic acid with healthy omega-3 fatty acids. And it's always shipped for free, frozen, right to your door in an eco-friendly, 100% recyclable box. No other meat delivery service compares to ButcherBox. They're a certified B Corp focused on quality for you, the animal, and the planet. We have a home-cooked meal here nearly every day in our home, and it couldn't happen without our ButcherBox stocked freezer. And this year, I'm not having to worry about finding the right things at the picked-over, stressful, busy stores because exactly what I need is being delivered to my door, all at amazing values delivered right to my doorstep. It seriously feels like magic without my needing to do a thing. And you can choose from a variety of box plan options, including your own custom option, which is what we do. I add in smoked salmon and the gluten-free chicken nuggets for the kids. They're teenage staples. And side note, let me just tell you, having four teenagers during food inflation has been problematic. Uh... The grocery bills have been hit hard, but being able to count on quality protein that keeps them satiated at such a good deal from ButcherBox has been a game changer. If it has been a while since you gave it a try or it's your first time, I am confident you will be impressed with all of the updates and new options. And this current deal is too good to pass up. The holiday season is made better with ButcherBox. For a limited time, they're offering our listeners turkey free in your first box, plus $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com wholeview and use code wholeview to get this deal. Welcome back to the Paleo View episode 393, if we've done our simple math correctly. Hi, Sarah. Hello, Stacy. We're going to talk about CBD, which I feel like is quite a taboo subject. Like, it's one of those things people have feelings on one way or another. And Mm -hmm. I'd like our listeners to go into this open-minded as you and I both went into our research on CBD open-minded. And um, I personally was like, oh, I don't want any part of that. It's like the new thing that people are just selling and it doesn't actually have any benefit and it's just cool. And the thing is that the science changed my mind. Like it it really is helpful for a lot of people. And so we're going to talk about this, but I want, if you're on that fence of, oh, this is just the next fad, it doesn't have value. I encourage you to continue to listen to the show and see if the information and the science that we share resonates with you in some sort of way as someone with anxiety when it gets extreme for me. But for me, I don't know if you've seen it, Sarah, but there's a show called Rotten on Netflix. And I really enjoyed that series. And one of the things that they talked about was like an edible show, which is different than CBD. Marijuana and CBD are not one in the same. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But the supply chain of it is ultimately linked in a lot of ways. And they talked about how the measurements aren't controlled because it's not federally regulated. And that really resonated with me because I have been doing a lot of research on federal regulation and what they do and don't control and how people can put labels of something and it doesn't actually mean something. And that happens a lot with CBD where people will say it doesn't contain THC because they can put that on the label. But that doesn't necessarily mean something. It's just, to me, so important that if I am going to be taking CBD, that it be of a high, safe quality. And I know that I'm just getting the part of it that is health beneficial and is not going to give me psychoactive results that I'm not seeking. So let's talk about what 
CBD is and the system in the human body that it's interacting with, because that I think is really critical in understanding the diversity of effects that CBD has and that are potentially therapeutic in a lot of different situations. So CBD is a cannabinoid. There's about 60 different cannabinoids in cannabis, the cannabis plant. So that's also known as marijuana. CBD is uh, also known as cannabidiol, and it is a non-psychoactive component. So it's a phytochemical The psychoactive one, Stacey, you alluded to already is THC. So THC is what is responsible for a lot of the, well, the high that is associated with marijuana use. So it is what is the main chemical that is responsible for all of those different effects. CBD for the most part. Now, I I think it's important to emphasize that there's a very small subset of the population with a genetic predisposition towards a mild psychoactive effect from CBD. People who have that will liken it to um, having a cup of coffee after not having a cup of coffee all week and that sort of same type of um, peppiness. And there is a very small percentage of people who have basically an intolerable psychoactive response to CBD. It's very uncommon, but I just want to be very clear, even though THC is considered the psychoactive phytochemical from cannabis, that there is a small percentage of people. So if you if you try CBD, I would definitely recommend if you're trying it for the first time to try it at a time where if you had a reaction like that, it would be okay. You don't need to drive anywhere. You don't need to be responsible for young children, no operating heavy machinery, just as just in case. And also, as we'll talk about later, it's also very important if you're wanting to use this therapeutically to talk to your doctor because of potential drug interactions. We'll get to that. And I think actually it's so um, CBD is often marketed as hemp oil. So it is uh, marijuana, the cannabis plant has two subspecies. So it has one subspecies that is quite high in THC. Um, and then the other subspecies, which is, and that's typic- what is typically called marijuana. And then the other subspecies, which is typically called hemp, is naturally very low in THC. And that it, that is the subspecies that um, CBD is extracted from. So it's also... I think important to understand that while marijuana has been selectively grown to increase the THC content over time, hemp has not. Hemp is still used for not just CBD oil, but rope, purses, and clothes. clothes. Yeah, there's lots of things. Hemp. Sheets, hemp bed sheets. Oh, that doesn't sound pleasant. It's a little rough. I don't, anyway. <laughs> I took us really over here. No, but I I think that's important to to emphasize that it's not even that CBD, when properly and when properly made, is has THC below detectable limits, but they should come from different plants or subspecies of the same plant. Agreed. Now I'm ready for you to dive into the science. So what cannabidiol, right, CBD does, is it acts as a ligand for the endocannabinoid system in the human body. So endo means within or like natural to us and cannabinoid is derived from the word cannabis. And it's actually, the history of this is really interesting because THC was discovered as the first cannabinoid from cannabis in the 60s, I think it was like 1964. And the human endocannabinoid system was discovered subsequently. So it was actually discovering this um, active component in a plant that was interacting with the human body that allowed researchers to discover this entire system within the human body, which is really fascinating. It appears to be a very, what's considered a very ancient system. So it's something that crosses many forms of life and is considered something that would be required for basic survival. What researchers believe the endocannabinoid system is responsible for is regulating the interaction between pain sensation and the 
emotional response as well as the adaptation and maladaptation to chronic pain. And then because it's part of this pain sensory system, it's also a, it has crosstalk with all uh, physiological functions that would modulate healing. So very much a, I sense pain. This probably relates to injury. I'm going to have an emotional response to it. And I'm also going to tell the immune system that it needs to get its acting gear to, to go and help out with this healing. And so it's very interesting because if you think about the sensation of pain and the emotional response, depending on the situation, you're going to experience pain differently and you're going to experience the emotional response to that pain differently. So you can think of how you might feel when you stub your toe, that you might be frustrated and angry, but you might have another cut yourself in the kitchen and you might have, you might be upset, right? It might make you cry. And it just has this very different emotional response to the pain because of the different situation. And that you can actually, this is the same system in the human body that will uh, cause the perception of physical pain in response to really intense emotion. So this is also the same system in the body that might um, make you feel physical pain when you're grieving, for example. So this system is really connecting the actual like pain neurons and how those signals are interpreted by the brain interfacing with our, the emotional center in the brain, and then also interfacing with the hormone systems and the immune systems that are going to be responsible for some kind of response to that pain. And is, one of the things I sorry to interrupt yeah. again, not actually, sorry, I'm going to interrupt <laughs> again. <laughs> What's fascinating to me about this is the stress is the trigger for Matt and I usually, or an emotional response, for example, his depression. It was one of the things that was helpful when he was working through getting out of the depression that was initiated by grief. And so it ha I like hadn't put together how it could potentially be successful in someone who, for example, had cancer and was in pain and how I could also, for example, help me when I have anxiety or help him when he's depressed. But I'm realizing that it's because stress can trigger all different kinds of things, inflammation in the body, pain, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's targeting that system. So I just, yeah. I had this light bulb moment and I just want to make sure our <laughs> listeners had this light bulb moment. <laughs> well, to expand on your light bulb moment, it is the endocannabinoid system that links depression with pain, which can go in either direction, right? So you can experience chronic pain that makes you depressed, but also something like 80 or 90%, I, I can't remember exactly, but I, I was reading this in a scientific paper like two days ago. So that's why the numbers, it's really high of people with clinical depression have some manifestation, some symptom manifestation that is pain. So that link between depression and pain is actually mediated through the endocannabinoid system. And what is really interesting is the system is also what is mediating the maladaptation to chronic pain. So if you think about it, the best example I can give you is diabetes as a similar analogy where you have the maladaptation to chronically elevated blood sugar levels where your insulin sensitivity goes down. So then you can't actually process all of the sugar in your blood. And then you have all of the other detrimental things that happen with chronically elevated blood sugar, like inflammation, vascular damage. That's why people with unmanaged diabetes go blind, have kidney failure, have a high rate of needing a limb amputated is because of the impact on the vasculature from that chronically elevated blood sugar. And it, it starts with this maladaptation to a stimulus, which is the high blood sugar of the body can't keep up in terms of insulin production, it also starts to make itself more what's called right insulin resistant. It's not insulin signaling is not having the same effect. So there's a sort of very similar, although this the system, the endocannabinoid system is a much more complex because it's not just insulin and the insulin receptor. There's two different receptors and there's many different what are called ligands. Ligands a thing that binds with the receptor and triggers some kind of response. But 
the symptoms, the sort of like psychological symptoms, the behavioral changes that go with chronic pain are mediated through the endocannabinoid system. So I found a great paper that really tried to summarize the impact on the current society in terms of healthcare spending. And it's, the stats are really, are really alarming because chronic pain is a symptom of so many, like it can resolve, it can result from so many different things, right? There's so many different things that can cause chronic pain. And then chronic pain itself can cause anxiety, irritability, low self-esteem, decreased productivity, depression, insomnia, suicide risk. It can impact relationships. It can reduce functional capacity, which can then say cause loss of income. It can cause um, fatigue, inability to concentrate, has a cognitive effect, and then it also potentially can be financially devastating for a family because if you combine loss of income with increased healthcare spending, that is a recipe for for a highly stressful event, which can then magnify the sensation of pain. And that is entirely mediated through the endocannabinoid system. It's what would be considered a maladaptation the same way insulin resistance is a maladaptation to, to high blood sugar. This podcast is sponsored by Indeed, the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Interestingly, when I started helping Finn find his first job, because side note, he now has his learner's permit and his mother's determination, so he's fully decided he needs to save up for his own car. I was not surprised, uh, but impressed that he already had the Indeed app on his phone. It is so easy to use that both of my sons, when looking for jobs, prefer it over any other service or site, including applying to places directly. Like, the new generation does not have any interest in that. I can totally see how the hiring process has changed with them. And I get that hiring can be challenging, which is why you need a partner that can help you rise to the challenge. You need Indeed. They have streamlined hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates who are three times more likely to apply to your job when invited than candidates who only see it in search, according to US Indeed data. Plus, with Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. Instant Match makes it so simple for employers and candidates alike. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a job post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job description and you can invite them to apply right away. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash WholeView. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash wholeview. Just go to indeed.com slash wholeview and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash wholeview. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. get into a little bit more of the details of how CBD actually interacts with our cannabinoid receptors, right? So how, if you take CBD, how does it interact with this system that we already have in our body to help correct for some of that maladaptation? Because that's really what we're talking about. There's, it appears as though the endocannabinoid system is not just responsible for the maladaptation to chronic pain. It is responsible for the what would basically be considered a, a pain sensation to a stimulus that doesn't normally cause pain. And that can be a symptom of a lot of different things, right? So we talked about depression, but that can also be um, something that goes along with autoimmune disease, for example. Um, it can be something that, um, you know, is, is a s- symptom of chronic stress. And there's actually a lot of research pointing to a really fundamental role in the endocannabinoid system 
not just in this adaptation to pain or the sensation of pain and response to mental health challenges, but also in inflammatory diseases that are related to lifestyle. So it is related to atherosclerosis, which is the buildup of I think it's technically called gunk inside of our arteries that can break <laughs> off a clot and cause like a heart attack. It's a, that's what it's the technical term. Gunk. I mean, hundred percent. Yep. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what they teach uh, doctors in medical school. It's not atherosclerotic plaques. It's gunk, but also Crohn's disease, osteoarthritis, like there's potentially involvement in neurodegenerative diseases. Like we'll talk about some of the specific conditions in which CBD has been tested as a therapeutic agent. But the reason why it is being tested as a therapeutic agent is because the uh, endogenous cannabinoid system, right, the system in our body that is mediating this link between pain and emotion and the physiological response to the pain stimulus, right, like the immune system, that it's because that system is involved in the etiology of a lot of chronic illnesses that CBD has investigated, has been investigated as a potential therapeutic agent. The way that CBD is working is by binding with these two families of receptors that we have. They're called CB1 and CB2. And these are the two main receptors of our endogenous cannabinoid system. We also, we produce a ton of different ligands ourselves. So CBD is acting as a ligand. We have our own endogenous ligands that all have very long chemical names that I I would be amusing if I tried to pronounce them, but I think I'm going to preserve my dignity on this show because it's, What's more important to understand is the where these receptors are and what is the effect of binding with these receptors. That is, that is how we understand how CBD works. So in general, CB1 receptors are found in the central nervous system and CB2 receptors are found in what would be called the periphery, right? So like everything else that is not the central nervous system, although there's some crossover. So there are CB1 receptors found in some other other tissues. There's some in, right, adrenal gland and heart and lung, thymus, a lot of immune cells as well. CB2 is really important in immune cells and is found in virtually every tissue in the human body. But there is a little bit in very specific regions in the brain as well. So there is this slight crossover in terms of where these are found. But generally, CB1 is central nervous system. Generally, CB2 is the rest of the body. And depending on which receptor is being bound, that's part of why there's both impact on immune function, but also there's really important impact on neurotransmitter function. So that is how we're getting this dual impact on how the immune system is responding to this pain stimulus, but also how pain is being perceived and the emotional response to pain, right? So some of that is actually happening in the brain. And then some of that is happening at the level of the the immune system and the, what would be called the neuroendocrine system. So hormones that are throughout the body, but that have some kind of direct impact on brain function. In particular, I think it's really interesting to look at how CBD is changing or activating neurotransmitters because that explains a lot of the impact on the perception of pain as well as the emotional response as well as what you were um, talking about Stacey as well as related mental health symptoms like depression and anxiety and brain fog and memory right and all of those different things so um, CBD is changing serotonin so it actually activates a serotonin receptor called 5-HT1A. And what happens when that receptor is activated is it creates basically this cascade of chemical reactions that the end product is increasing the production of serotonin, which is, depression is definitely more complicated than not enough serotonin, but you can see just from that one impact on one neurotransmitter, how CBD could then dramatically impact mental health. Serotonin also, by the way, is very important in mediating 
digestion. So serotonin is one of the neurotransmitters that controls uh, peristalsis in the GI tract. And so it's one, it's potentially one of the reasons why CBD also has an impact on gastrointestinal symptoms. So CBD is also able to interact with the GABA system. So GABA is our like main calming neurotransmitter. And what it does in this particular case is it makes the receptor to GABA called the GABA-A receptor. These things are very originally and creatively named, but it basically makes it so that when the GABA receptor binds with GABA, it amplifies the signal, right? So it's increasing the effect of GABA signaling. So it's making a more calming effect. There's also through some other receptors that CBD can potentially interact with. So these these are effects that are separate from the CB1 and CB2 receptors. It looks like it has a direct impact on bone mineralization. So it binds with a receptor called the orphan, it's called the orphan receptor. And it's called that because it doesn't, it's so structurally different from other receptors. It doesn't appear to belong to any other receptor family, but it's more technically called, again, super creatively named GPR55. But when you So overactivation of GPR-55 is associated with osteoporosis as well as cancer risk. And so CBD has been shown to uh, decrease cancer cell division as well as bone resorption by acting as an antagonist to this particular receptor. And then one of the other, I think, really relevant impacts is it actually activates PPARs, which are signaling molecules within cells that control cell division. And so what's really interesting, by activating PPARs, CBD appears to, again, reduce cell division of cancer cells, but it also seems to help degrade the amyloid plaques associated with Alzheimer's disease, which is very interesting because there is definitely a a fair bit of research looking at CBD in terms of neurodegenerative disease. And then through activation of PPARs, there's also an impact on insulin sensitivity and metabolism. So it, it really has this diverse effects. But when you think about what this system is responsible for in terms of this really interesting connection between perception and both a physiological and a psychological response, you can really quickly see why it would then impact all of these different systems. Because then in the periphery, right, there's all of this effect through, um, mainly through activation of CB1 and CB2 receptors, all of this really important impact on the immune system. Overall, CBD is anti-inflammatory and overall you would call it immunosuppressive or I think it's more technically uh, immunomodulatory. So there's definitely some context, right? So you're seeing a benefit to cancer. There's also a benefit to Alzheimer's, um, benefit to autoimmune disease. So when you start to see something impact immune function in all these different ways that the immune system can break down, that's where you would start to call something immunomodulatory. So it would help to bring balance to the immune system. But really importantly, CBD through activation, uh, especially of the CB2 receptor, um, is known to inhibit some really important chemical messengers of inflammation. They're called inflammatory cytokines. In particular, interleukin-1 beta, interleukin-6, and interferon gamma, which are three out of maybe the four top mediators of inflammation. So these are produced by certain inflammatory cells, resident inflammatory cells in our different tissues, and they help to signal to the immune system to ramp up inflammation and come to help. And so these this anti-inflammatory effect then has been studied in a variety of different diseases in which inflammation is part of the pathogenesis. So it's been studied in inflammatory lung disease and has been shown to CBD as as a supplement has been shown to have uh, therapeutic potency by reducing the immune system and restoring lung function. And in particular, what it's doing is it is stopping what would be called the recruitment of inflammatory cells. So as I just mentioned, right, you'd have, you have immune cells that kind of just hang out in every tissue in your body. They're, they would be called resident immune cells. They're typically a type of cell called macrophages. 
and they hang out and they just wait for something exciting to happen, like an injury or an infection. And then when they are activated, they go, bad thing. And they produce these inflammatory cytokines that then uh, tell the rest of the immune system to activate and come on in. When immune cells leave the bloodstream and enter and it's mediated by a very complex set of processes where the immune cells first interact with the blood vessel wall, and then they go through in between the cells of the blood vessel and out into the tissue. And that is what is being inhibited by CBD and inflammatory lung disease. So you're having this less accumulation of these inflammatory cells in the lungs. As I mentioned, it's also been studied in neurodegenerative disease, not just Alzheimer's, but also Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, uh, HIV-associated dementia as well. And that impact is through microglia cells, which are like a resident immune cell in the brain, which are their normal job is like the cleanup crew of the, of the central nervous system. But also when they're activated, they are responsible for a lot of the the bad things that can happen on our, our brain from an inflammation standpoint, right? So that's not just the direct impact on the brain, on the brain, but also decreasing vagus nerve output, for example, which would then impact digestion. So a lot of the root gut brain axis stuff comes from the activation of microglial cells. And, and then also it's been looked at in autoimmune disease. So CBD has been shown to be potentially therapeutic for Crohn's. And I think it was looked at in Crohn's because pain is a feature of, of Crohn's disease, but it's directly by modulating the immune system. It also reduces not just the recruitment of the sort of normal inflammatory cells, but also mast cells, which produce histamine. And in the Crohn's research, it's been shown to modulate not just the secretion of interleukin-1 beta and interleukin-6 and interferon gamma, but also the other like super inflammatory cytokine tumor necrosis factor alpha, also called TNF-alpha. So for me, as somebody who I researched the immune system for my PhD and, and first postdoc, so I look at anything that is having such a potent effect on these particular, this particular collection of cytokines, these are chemical messengers of inflammation that are very much, their job is to say, turn on. Hey, yo, bad things happen, turn on. Infl immune system, turn on. We need, and this is the really, their first job is to modulate what would be called the innate immune system or the first responder part of the immune system. So these are nonspecific inflammatory actions. And nonspecific inflammatory actions, while they can be really great in some situations, when you start talking about chronic activation, that's the part of the immune system that's causing a lot of diffuse damage throughout the body that is then permissive event for the development of chronic illness. So CBD, through its interaction with the CB, uh, mainly CB2 receptor, but also the CB1 receptor, is just like, just putting the brakes on the entire immune system. It's just a hold up. And then the other impact that it has on immune function, super relevant to our listeners with autoimmune disease, is it's actually inducing regulatory T cells. So it also, it's not just the innate immune system, but it's also the adaptive immune system that it has an effect on. And in the adaptive immune system, it is uh, increasing the cell type whose deficiency is the main thing leading to the imbalance in immune function that is causing autoimmune disease. So it's a just in terms of mechanism, let's these are all studies that are about understanding the what is CBD doing in the body. So it's about understanding how the endocannabinoid system is imbalanced in these chronic disease states. And then when you add CBD, right, you add this exogenous ligand to the CB receptors, what does that do? Like what, it, what is the impact on all of these systems that are controlled by the endocannabinoid system in the context of all of these different disease states? It is a tremendous body of scientific literature, um, something like 25, 30,000 different papers looking at different pieces of this to try to understand the, 
the endogenous system in the human body, as well as the manipulation from CBD. And just taking out these little bits and pieces, you can see why it's something that we really felt was worthwhile tackling on this podcast because it is something that has the possibility of being an adjunct in many situations that is going to potentially add to how our body is positively responding to all of the other healthy diet and lifestyle things that we're doing. I think it's important to point out that we are not medical professionals. And while Sarah has done exhaustive studies, you know your body better than anybody else. And if you are going to embark upon trying CBD to see how it might your health, whether that be physical or emotional, pay attention. One of the things that is helpful for me when I started taking CBD, and to be clear, I don't take it regularly, and I'll say why in a minute, is that I would document like how I felt after or what foods I ate before or after to see if that also had an effect. And so for me in particular, and it's entirely different in Matt, and that's one of the things is like your body's response is could potentially be very different than somebody else's mm-hmm. response. And so for me, it makes me very calm, which is a good thing for me to know. But I made the mistake of taking it once because I was super anxious and I was stressed out and I had a lot to do. And I was like, you know what? We'll solve this. I'll take CBD. <laughs> nope, that didn't solve it at all. That just made me even more anxious once it was passed because I hadn't done anything because I was like, I'm going to Netflix and chill. And so I had to learn when was the right times for me knowing my body's response. My body's response is quite often, you need a nap. And frankly, that my body is right. It's triggering all the things in my symptoms and it's calming my body down and it's saying, you are overly stressed out. You need to nap. We know how good sleep is, right? For it to tell my body, you need a nap. It's 100% right. A nap is a good thing in most of those situations. But in reality... I can't always take a nap when I have a lot of things to do. So I would just say like making sure that you're using a brand that is consistent and it's quality, the testing and the different kinds of things that they're doing in these studies, I'm sure they're making sure that it's regulated for a certain Mm -hmm. level and amount of CBD without THC. Like the results are not going to be the same if it's all over the place. And a lot of these brands, because it's not federally regulated because it falls into the supplement category. It could be like you're taking two different things if you're not using a quality product, if that makes sense. I I feel like I started to ramble there at the end, but hopefully it came together. Um, I think this is the right place to talk about the boundaries of human knowledge on CBD, because that is one of the things that I think is really important to understand about where we are in terms of CBD research is we understand a lot of the mechanisms. We have preliminary data showing benefit in a lot of different chronic disease states, and we can understand exactly what's happening that is responsible for that benefit. But what we do not have is dose response studies. We don't have for for really any disease state, how much, how often, what form necessarily, right? There there are studies that look at, for example, transdermal CBD, so where you're using a, a cream versus oral. It's actually not super bioavailable. So it's only about 13 to 19% bioavailable when taken orally, which means we're only absorbing at best about a fifth of the CBD in hemp oil. It lasts about nine hours in our system. So it's We don't have really clear guidance from the medical literature right now in terms of understanding in what situation, how much to take, how often. And that's one of many reasons to talk to your doctor um, before taking this or any supplement. The other thing is that the doses that have been studied in clinical trials vary 
dramatically. So uh, a lot of the human studies have uh, dosed at 10 milligrams per day, twice a day, or broken up into two a day. So that's five milligrams twice a day. But in the relatively new epilepsy studies, which are very exciting, showing that there's about a 50% response rate in refractory epilepsy, showing complete bye-bye seizures, which is is really fascinating. It's probably one of the first places where CBD is going to be approved as a drug is for the treatment of epilepsy. But in those studies, they've gone up to three to four milligrams per kilogram per day with no adverse events reported, no evidence of toxicity. And that translates, if if you weigh 150 pounds, that translates to 270 milligrams per day, which is crazy. And I am not suggesting anybody even tackle anything remotely close to that. That is definitely only under medical supervision levels, even though there has never been a fatality reported from cannabinoids. There is still the possibility in very high doses of there being uh, a psychoactive effect um, impacting cognition, potentially triggering substance abuse. Most of that's associated with THC, but there is a possibility in some genetically susceptible people, even with CBD. So this is a, we don't know what the optimal dose is in what situation. And that is really important to understand these it appears to be very safe based on the information that we have now. But if you're looking for dosing recommendations, again, I think it's really important to talk to a doctor. It's also really important to talk to a doctor because there are potential drug interactions. So if you are taking any kind of drug that is uh, basically metabolized in the liver from the cytochrome P450 superfamily of enzymes, which is a lot of pain medications, for example. Um, But there's actually most analgesics, um, both opioids and non-opioids, are metabolized using cytochrome P450 superfamily enzymes. Um, But CBD inhibits several of the, several of that superfamily of enzymes. So that's why CBD can potentially interfere with your metabolism of other medications. So if you're taking those any kind of painkiller, any kind of anticonvulsant, HIV protease inhibitors are also also interact with CBD. So this is definitely a if you have any concerns about drug interactions, make sure you're talking about this with your doctor. I think that's really important. And and just keep in mind that the science is really exciting, but we're not at the giant phase three and four clinical trials where we have tens of thousands of people worth of data looking at the optimal dose in different situations. Super helpful. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.